What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Trash talking as we get ready for the National Football Show. Good afternoon, all. Miami versus Alabama, Labor Day weekend. And we're already talking trash, Krause and myself, as we get ready for the college football and NFL season. By the way, today, a couple significant things happened in the National Football League. Are you ready? Buccaneers show up to the White House. Great to be a former Buck. How you doing? And also, the Dallas Cowboys show up to training camp as they get ready for the upcoming season and they get ready for the upcoming Hall of Fame game. So we're here, man. I mean, next week, when you think about it, right? July 27th and 28th in there, most of your NFL teams will be reporting and getting ready and kicking it off for the upcoming season. Your rosters are set. You got your 90 dudes. You're going to whittle that baby down to 53. And we're going to go play 60. Let's go play 60, baby. Let's find out at the end of the year who the best team in the NFL is. Good thing about the NFL and the greatest thing about the NFL, nobody knows who's going to win the Super Bowl. You have predictions, and most of those predictions are off of last year. But you know what's great about the NFL? You always have surprise teams. You always have surprise moments, and you always have critical injuries to football teams, don't you? So that's what makes this league great. Who has the Warriors to go out and try to win a championship? That's what this bad puppy is going to come down to. So we look forward to it. Let's dive in now. And, you know, I was watching a little bit of the uh, ceremonies at the White House today. Doesn't it look like it's a boatload of fun to be a Buccaneer? It just looks like it's fun. Brady's throwing jabs at 46. You know, I think 44% of the people on the planet think that we didn't win the Super Bowl. I mean, and, and, and then he was calling himself Sleepy Tom after he forgot the fourth down in Chicago. You know, throwing shade a little bit at Joe. You know, he's a Trump guy. But that's fun, man. This new Tom Brady, who's kind of loosened up a bit. I, let me ask you something here. I was just wondering, watching the Buccaneers as they go through, you know, the preparation for the upcoming season. 
they never really got off the rails like the Eagles did. That thing's not going to unravel. Ever since the Eagles won the championship, that thing was going down, down, down. Hey, by the way, I'll throw this at the Falcons. After Brady came back from that 28-point deficit, had the Falcons even looked the same? Down, down, down. Look at all these teams that get into that game. What happens to them? If they win or lose, it's so hard to keep that consistency going and being a year-in-year winner, right? But when you've got a guy like TB12, hey, man, there's no question focus is always going to be in that room. Let me ask you this. If Tom Brady had Bruce Arians as his head football coach for 21 years, do you think he'd have the same resume as Bill Belichick? Sure looks like it's a lot more fun to play for Bruce than it does Bill. Okay? Doesn't it look – hey, and tell me something. Doesn't the culture look like it followed Brady and left New England? All those championship runs? Doesn't it look like it wasn't just Brady that moved to the Bucs? Doesn't it look like the entire organization's culture moved to Tampa Bay? It, it, like, if you put the New England Patriots helmet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneer players, wouldn't they look like Pat, Pat players? And the so-called Belichick way? Bruce looks like, I don't know, he looks like a boatload of fun. I love Bruce Arians, so I'm partial to that. You know, Bill's got a great resume. But at the end of the day, I'd rather play for a guy like Bruce Arians. I've known Bruce longer, so I'm partial. Again, I'm biased. But I'm wondering, I mean, I don't know. I think Bruce, is it a fair question? Would Bruce have the same amount of championships if Tom played his entire career in Tampa with him or wherever Bruce was, Arizona, Indianapolis, I don't know. You pick the team. It just looks to me that Bruce Arians has a looser group. They're held accountable. He makes it so it looks like it's fun to play. I don't know. I just I thought about that today as they were all at the White House and that great honor of being at the White House. You know, I mean – I, I just I just looked at it and went, man, that looks just like a boatload of fun to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So, I don't know. I, I think Bruce Arians right now, hey, where would you rather play, in Tampa or New England? I think you asked Stephon Gilmore that question. He's not sure himself. So, kudos to the Buccaneers today for going to the White House and the team showing up and Brady having some fun with the president and – that was a really good scene for the NFL. No politics, really. Just some jabs and some fun. Nothing serious. Of course, it was trending, and everybody on the internet is always gets their panties in a bind. Oh, my God, there's Brady. You know he's a Trump guy. And you're like, shut up, internet assassin. Yeah, those internet assassins. I had to put a couple down today. It's like roadkill. Some of these people on the internet and on Twitter are like roadkill to me now. Really, guy? Scoot along, Junior. Mute. All right, let's move on. Now we move on to Aaron Rodgers. Aren't you sick? Of, yeah, I am. Won't lie. I'm absolutely sick of it. I'm sick of the dude. And I'm 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 looking around the room and wondering what this guy wants. What does Aaron Rodgers want? 
It's being reported today that Aaron Rodgers was offered a two-year contract extension. And that would have made him the highest paid player in the league. He turned it down. Okay. So let's analyze this for a second. It's not about money. It can't be about adding defensive players. I think they finished ninth in the NFL in total defense. They've got a running back who's a top five guy in Aaron Jones. Their offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, is one of the top five units in the NFL. Their wide receiving core is as good as it gets in the league. I mean, what is this about? I'm trying to figure out what his bitch is now. Is it because they drafted, you know, the quarterback without telling him? What is it? What's, what's the issue? How about this? And, 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 and I think that question is a fair question. What do you want, guy? Is it so much to say this? You know, it's funny. Look at all the people that he's dated. Ends up breaking up with them. They have like a year or two. And Aaron Rodgers ends up breaking up with people. And I've been bringing this up, and I think it goes into his type of character that he has as a person and the kind of person that he is. He has no relationship with his parents or his brother. Now, look, I don't know if that's mutual, that both people are jerk. I have no idea. It's just, but when you tie everything in, he doesn't stay in relationships long. I would say this, wouldn't you? That the longest running relationship in Aaron Rodgers' life is the fact that he's played 16 years in Green Bay. That's the longest commitment that he's ever made in his life. And Aaron Rodgers, the way I look at how he lives his personal life and how he deals with people, doesn't seem like he likes long-lasting relationships. I'm Again, I'm not talking like I know the guy. I'm talking on what I see of the guy. All the things that we see peripheral, you know, from 30,000 feet, watching Aaron Rodgers go through his life. Like I said, no relationship with his folks. Brother, he hates management in Green Bay. He turned down a contract that would have paid him more money than even Dak Prescott. So then what is it? Is it something internal that you don't like long-lasting commitments? Your relationships with every girlfriend you've ever had have always been broken off. You're as petty as it gets. I mean, when you, when you got drafted by the Packers, what happened when you got introduced on those nationally televised games? You mentioned your junior college instead of Cal. He's petty, and he doesn't like long-lasting relationships. Maybe, in the end, he's just sick of Green Bay. Just like he's sick of some of the chicks that he's dated or his family that he's been around. You know, when he hangs around his friends, he picks his friends carefully. He picks a certain media people like McAfee to go to carefully because they know they'll get his message out. His entire life is really like, I don't know, there's like an angle to it. There's nothing genuine about it. Like when you look at Steph Curry or even Giannis, And you look at those guys and how they live their life. Steph's walking off the court one night. I'm watching the game. Golden State Warriors are playing. I think the Sacramento nobodies. And this guy's walking off the court. He takes his shoes off and he throws them to a kid. And the kid's looking up at him. And Steph signs him. And I'm like, dude, that's dope. That's great. 
two nights later, I saw LeBron do it. And I'm like, that's so orchestrated. He saw Steph do it because he saw how everybody on the internet and how everybody was just all over how cool Steph. Steph Curry is engageable. Steph Curry is genuine. Steph Curry looks like he's fun to be around. LeBron looks like everything is calculated. Now, look, when you make that kind of money and you have that kind of fame, I get it, man. Sometimes it's just the way life has to be. I get it. I understand it. But, dude, man, Aaron Rodgers, this guys he, he just doesn't seem like a likable guy. Does that stop him and hold him up? Look, I'm not playing psychologist here. I'm just, like I said, looking at things on how I see him and how he's lived his life the last 16 public years. He's been in the public spotlight for 16 years. Takes over for Favre. That relationship was nowhere. Now, was it Rodgers or Favre? Does Favre look like he doesn't like to come up to people, slap him on the ass and go, how you doing, brother? Or is it more Rodgers just not being open and being petty? You know, everyone always blamed Brett for the relationship. I blame Rodgers for the relationship because every relationship in Aaron Rodgers' life has gone sour. I mean, name me one that has been something that has lasted outside of the Green Bay Packers and him being married for 16 years. This guy doesn't like long-lasting commitments. It just, it just looks like Brady was in New England for 20 years. Get this. You think Brady really liked all that BS that Belichick was throwing around him? This guy is a completely different dude compared to that dude we saw in New England. Tom Brady got so fed up with the place. He sold his home and his other house in New England and in Connecticut just to get the hell out of that area because he had had it, man. Snow, all that stuff. These guys just bought a house, him and Giselle, in South Florida, and they got a place in Tampa now. Wouldn't shock me, man. They end up, just like everybody in New England, ends up retiring to Florida. Gas is cheaper. Money's better. We save more money. More things are open. You know? I like New England, man. That Northeast? No way, man. Plus, you got political idiots running around there. You don't really have that in South Florida. Or in Florida general. I lived there for like 25 years. It's a great state to live. I don't know, man. Aaron Rodgers just seems like, you know, I, I, I saw that story this morning. So they offered him the most money. He's 37 years old. You're not going to get a five-year contract. They gave him a two-year extension that would have paid him over 42. Something like $45 million. I mean, think about that for a minute. They offered this guy $90 million for two years. He turned it down. Okay, then what is it? Bro, you guys, this is, this is this is more of a you thing, okay? I, I you know, and, and I've been kind of critical of the Packers and how they communicate with people. These guys are still stuck in MySpace. I get it. You know, they still do things like with writing letters and stuff instead of sending emails, okay? And so that way has always worked for them. That way has made the Packers 26-6 and six over the last two years. They made a right hire with Matt LaFleur. And I, I agree. And everybody that tells me, Matt LaFleur, what a great young head coach. Yeah, he's got Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> okay, you got Aaron Rodgers, you're going to win a lot of games, especially in the NFC North. You're going to win a lot of ball games. That guy can spin the pill, man. He's a great player. Don't kid yourself. So, yeah, as critical as I'm being right now, I'm talking about him more the person. I don't know. Does that look like a dude that you'd want to go out and have a beer with. Like Tom Brady. Yeah, man. 
Looked like I'd, I'd like to go out and have a beer with Tom. Okay, guys like that, man. Sure, Drew Brees, absolutely. Peyton Manning, for sure. Guy like Aaron Rodgers, this guy's going out for white wine spritzers. <laughs> um, uh, white wine spritzers. Hey, do you want a Cabernet or would you like a Merlot? I'll take the cake bread. Jesus, Silio, I'm shocked you even knew what cake bread was. I actually like it. <laughs> okay. All right. So, I mean, Aaron, what the hell do you want, guy? It just doesn't make sense. All right. I'm going to tie something in with what's going on tonight in the NBA Finals, Game 6 tonight, with Giannis. And Giannis, without a doubt, is one of these guys that he said something in 2014 that I just absolutely love. I just absolutely love what he said in 2014 when he was a 17-year-old rookie going into the Milwaukee Bucks. And that was, I'm never leaving Milwaukee until we make this place a championship-caliber basketball team. And get this, is like unlike LeBron with Chris Bosh, D. Wade, or Shaq and Kobe, or like some of the dream team guys that have made these dream teams like, you know, these super teams. Giannis doesn't really have. Middleton, come on. Okay, there's no really a second dude in Milwaukee. This is Giannis. This is like Isaiah Thomas back in the day with the Detroit Pistons. It was Isaiah, sure, Joe Dumars, and then who? Rodman and Mahorn and Lambeer. Kind of B-plus guys. Giannis is in Milwaukee right now, and it's him. He has a shot tonight to close out the Phoenix Suns to win an NBA championship for the first time, I think, since, like, what, 71? When Lou Alcindor was there? I'm getting to the football tie-in here. So I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's so awesome, man. It's an old-school mentality. Brady's got an old-school mentality. You, you think Tom would have truly ever left New England if he didn't win a Super Bowl? No way. No way. LeBron James, on the other hand. Kevin Durant, on the other hand. And some of these other guys, it's about their brand. It's not about team. It's about their legacy. They're more concerned about their legacy. And just so happens that that ties in to try to winning a championship. That's why you see some of these guys. Look at LeBron, man. Watch this. The Cavs twice, the Heat, the Lakers. This guy's moved four times to win those four championships. Kevin Durant had to leave Oklahoma City to go win a couple championships in Golden State. He's on his third team, and I'm sure there'll be more teams as he gets later in his career. James Harden's now on his second team. These guys are all about their brand, and they know for a fact that they need to have a championship so that they're marketable when it comes to building their brand. Giannis ain't worried about building a brand. Tom Brady's not worried about building a brand because you know what builds a brand? Winning. How fans see you. You see how crazy those fans in Milwaukee are going for Giannis. Man, they're, they're outside that arena. They're cheering their ass off. They love that team. That guy is now entrenched in that culture. I would say this to you. Who do you think is more revered in Milwaukee and in the state of Wisconsin right now? Aaron Rodgers or Giannis? Who do you think fans 
have more of a tie-in to, more relatable to? Who do you think fans look at and revere more? Giannis or Aaron Rodgers? He closes this bad puppy out, and I'm rooting for him. Even though I do like the Chris Paul story, and I do, I would say this to you flat out here, that tonight, this guy's got a chance before the age of 26. Think of this for a second. Two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Finals MVP. If you really want to put it in context here, Jordan didn't really start winning until he was 29. This guy's resume here, I don't know. You could put him up with some of the all-time greats, and I'm talking Kobe. I'm talking guys like that. When you're talking about championship dudes, even LeBron. And get this, this guy's a crappy-ass free-throw shooter. He's got not the greatest mid-range shot. That guy improves at all. He'll be unguardable. And you know what's great about him? He wants to improve. This guy's all about community, man. You know, he's all about community. Funny, I saw it today. Twitter's so smart. Did you see who they wished happy birthday to today? They wished happy birthday to Ben Simmons. Hey, hey Twitter is such a mousetrap. It, it, it is, man. It is such a mousetrap because they know every single person in Philly. Happy birthday, Ben Simmons. Get that scumbag out of here. Are you kidding me? Happy birthday. This guy's out with Instagram chicks. Are you kidding? And he lives in Southern California. He ain't a Philly guy. <laughs> he ain't a Philly dude. Happy birthday, Ben. Look at Ben. He don't want to be a part of the Philadelphia culture. When you're part of something like that, man, and it's so important to be part of the culture that you're playing in. Look at what Ben Roethlisberger did in Pittsburgh. Man, when you think of the quarterbacks that have played in that place, not even Terry Bradshaw looked like he fit in. Terry's some, like, dude from Louisiana, right? And he got parachuted in that place, and you're like, but Ben looks like he's a stealer. The face of the Pittsburgh Steelers at quarterback, as great as Bradshaw's postseason record was with those four Super Bowl championships, hard to ever argue against that. But come on, man. The quarterback in the history of the franchise is Ben. And everybody related to the dude, they're in. Here, I'll give you another guy. How about guys like Cal Ripken or Tony Gwynn? Tony Gwynn was San Diego. Tony Gwynn went to San Diego State, played his baseball at San Diego State, played his basketball at San Diego State. Then he had a legendary Hall of Fame career in San Diego. Stayed his entire career when he could have had Options. You know the Players Association used to get on his ass? Tony, man, got to look out for the next guy. And he would give teams or the team the hometown discount because he wanted to stay in San Diego and be a part of the community. Same thing with Cal Ripken. Well, you don't think Cal could have picked up and went somewhere else? I think that's so essential, man. When you want to be embraced by a community, that you become part of that community. Especially, hey, look, I'm not talking about some stiff like me. I'm talking about when somebody's trying to make you the face of that franchise. So essential, man, that you become part of what's going on. And how about this? Have an awareness. Here, here, let me, let me, here. Here's Ben Simmons. I know my free throw shooting. I'm going to work on it. Yeah, I'll, I'll get to that here in a sec. Hang on. I, I got to look at these five Instagram chicks that I'm 
Oh, yeah. Thank God I can message him. Now, what'd you ask me about my free throws? Oh, yeah. Thanks for the happy birthday stuff. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> All right. We will have our Hall of Fame insider from Sports Illustrated on with us, and we're going to talk to Howard Balzer. I'll ask him what he thinks Aaron Rodgers wants. We'll ask him some Hall of Fame questions, Cowboys report. We'll ask him about the boys. That's all next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Silio. Happy birthday, Ben Simmons. Hey, Twitter, man. They, oh. <laughs> Happy birthday, Ben Simmons. Like, how many people do you think on the planet even know who that guy is outside of Philly? 
right? Between Ben Simmons and Bryce Harper, man. It's like Casper the Ghost. Who? <laughs> Who are these guys? Well, these guys are the highest paid guys potentially on their like on their teams. You know, Ben Simmons is one of the highest paid players like in the league. Yeah, I don't I couldn't pick him out in a police lineup. What about Bryce Harper? When couldn't unless he wears the gold shoes and has the gold spikes on? I don't know. I mean, is he hitting his body weight this year? <laughs> I, I mean, some of these guys get their money, right? And they fall back on their wallets, take their four swings, jump in their Ferraris, go home and go, hey, thanks for the money. Hey, maybe I'm jealous because NBA guys and Major League Baseball dudes, they get these guaranteed contracts. You sign a guy to that money, man. It's an anchor around your neck. Remember years back when the Magic signed Grant Hill? And he was all banged up, had an injury. Get this. I, I used to have a show on back in the day. Now I'm back on in Orlando again on my national radio show. And he missed 76% of his games played in Orlando on that five-year contract that he had. And he made 92 million bucks. Missed 76% of his games. He went to Phoenix and kind of like, you know, finished up his career. He wasn't bad, but he was never the same dude that he was in Detroit. And, man, when you sign these guys to that money, that's why the NFL is always going to be king. You know why? The NFL guys aren't tied to these contracts. Now, they're getting more so, but why do you think they changed the CBA? Why do you think a guy like Jerry Jones went like this? It wasn't so much about the payout of fifty-one forty-nine when it came to the television revenue with the Players Association and the owners. It was that the CBA wasn't team-friendly so that if you have a Carson Wentz deal or if you have a Matthew Stafford deal, uh, Todd Gurley, and you have to eat some money, you want to be able to defer that money out so that it doesn't destroy your salary cap for years. You may have to take a hit for one year, but it's not going to cripple you for the next five years. Like when you're an NBA guy and your guy gets banked up like Amari Stoudemire or someone like that, and you sign one of these guys, these max deals, you're eating that contract and you're paying that dude, whether he's playing in the G League or he's playing for your main team. It don't matter. You're paying that dude. You owe that guy the money. NFL, no way. They'll get out from every deal they have. And if they can, they will. And if they can find cheaper dudes, they will. That's what makes that league so much better than the rest of the leagues because a contract's not going to cripple a team for years to come. Name me a contract that's really killed a team for like five or six years. NFL gets out from under those deals, man. You may see a deal hurt a team for two years, okay? But it ain't going to be like those NBA deals, those seven-year contracts or those Major League Baseball contracts that sometimes you sign a guy to a giant contract like those Mookie Betts deals. Hey, man, no question. MLB and those players, maybe I'm just jealous. All right. One of my favorite people to talk to when it comes to getting ready for an upcoming NFL season is our friend Howard Balzer. He is a Hall of Fame voter, and he is also working now with Sports Illustrated, mostly around the Arizona Cardinals, and he joins us now here on the National Football Show. How you doing, Howard? Pretty good, pretty good. Don't be jealous, Dan. Don't be jealous. I hate those guys got guaranteed deals, man. <laughs> <laughs> I but 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 I said, Howard, that's really the secret of the league, isn't it? That 
the league doesn't get really tied into these contracts. Now, look, one or two years, like look at what's going on in Atlanta. You know, you're looking where you see that there's 60-some-odd million dollars still on that contract. It's probably why they didn't move Matt Ryan. So I get that now. You're kind of seeing a little bit more of that. But you're, you can move off these deals like you saw in Detroit, like you saw with Wentz. I mean, the NFL – is they're they're not really they're not really anchored to these contracts like these no. other leagues are. And, and but I think the reality that always has to be pointed out, and we see it from NFL players every year when NBA free agency starts, players go nuts on on what the money that you know these guys get. But remember, it's not that many guys per team. I mean, there's what is there 11, 12 guys on an NBA team, twenty five players on a on on a major on a baseball roster. NFL has fifty three guys and. There's all ranges of salary. And so the NFL play, now remember, it has nothing to do with the collective bargaining agreement. These are all individually negotiated contracts. And I'll tell you something, like Kirk Cousins, there could, every, every let's say, established veteran in the NFL could get va- guaranteed contracts if they agree to a two- or three-year deal. Hmm. But they don't do that. They want five and six years. And then so they can spread out the salary cap and the hit and all those things. And agents love to add those extra extra years on with money that probably won't be earned, but they can say a guy got this crazy contract. And so that's 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 how the system works, so to speak. But yet do a short-term deal, everybody could have guaranteed contracts. But they end up doing it this way, where a lot of times the first two or three years, like you pointed out, are guaranteed. But after that, hey, if the guy can't play anymore or something happens, then team's going to move on from them when they still have those some salary cap um, you know penalties uh, depending on what the signing bonus was so that's that's just it's just the nature of the system when you have that many guys if you're guaranteeing five and six year contracts for all these guys te- teams would have no cap space in some years all of a sudden injuries would hit and all those things and, and we know what a factor that is in the NFL because the guy's contract it all counts against the cap when you're injured and so that's you know baseball doesn't have a cap so those are all aspects of it, I think, that are sometimes lost on on the general public. Let's go into contracts now. And it was reported this morning that Aaron Rodgers <laughs> was offered a two-year contract extension that would have made him the highest-paid annual player in the league. Howard, I have a question for you. Okay, if it's not money, um, is it more offensive players? Wait, he's got what? a top-five running back. His wide receiving core is one of the best cores in the league. His offensive line is ranked by Pro Football Focus as one of the top five. His defense was ninth. I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out what this guy wants. I mean, well, here's what's the thing, he want? This is this has been somewhat known throughout the entire offseason. You know, there was big meetings between his agent and the team, and with him and the team, you know, way way back. And then they put in a, a roster bonus this year, which was extra money for this year. And all these things were discussed then. But here's the key. You can say he's the highest paid player in the NFL by adding these two years to it. But are they guaranteed? That's the We're just talking about guarantees. If they're not guaranteed, then they don't mean anything. Then they can just move on from Aaron Rodgers at, at that point and say, okay, it's time for us to go to Jordan Love. And that's what Rodgers has believed all along is the goal of the team. He believes that after, after this season that Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback next year because he'll be – you know, he'll be in his third. Well, let's see. Yeah, he'll be in his third year. And after the third year, you have to decide whether to give the player the fifth year option, which can which this year was around 19 million. And if you haven't played the guy 
by the third year, then you have no basis to make a decision going forward. And then you get into that no man's land of after the fourth or fifth year, then there has to be a new contract. Well, how do you give a new contract and big money to a guy who's hardly played? So he believes that their plan was to move on from him and that by throwing money in a deal that probably was not, if it was guaranteed, don't you think he would have taken it? Of course he would have taken it, but it wasn't guaranteed. He, he wanted what he, you're saying, you don't know what he wants. He wants to say, okay, you're saying you want me for the, you know, for the future beyond this year and all that. Okay. Well then show it to me and guarantee my contract. And that, that, that they wouldn't do. Do you think some of the financial issues that the Packers have reported last week with the $38 million loss because of local revenues over the pandemic and the fact that they run their team a lot differently than every other team, obviously the ownership issue has always been there for the Packers. Do you think this is a money thing or do you think that this is just, again, um, this is a relationship scenario that the Packers want to move on from. And, I, and let me, I want to add something else to this question too for you here, Howard. Think of this for Aaron Rodgers as a person. He's got an estranged relationship with his family, his mother right. and father, his his brother. Brother, yeah. He doesn't really have really great relationships with anybody, only handpicked friends. The longest relationship in his entire life has actually been his relationship with the Packers, even his girlfriends, you know, a year and a half. And I, again, I'm doing this from 30,000 feet. I'm just looking at his public life here for 16 years. I'm just looking at it for what it is. Then this negotiating, then all of this stuff going on. Then the Packers not, uh, they're reporting the money loss. Do you think the Packers just want to move on from this? <laughs> well, that's what he believes. And I think most everyone looks at it and thinks that that's what they wanted. And they weren't counting on Aaron Rodgers having an MVP caliber year last year. I mean, the guy, you know, he had 48 touchdown passes. The last three years combined, he's only had 11 interceptions. And so he believes that that's what their plan was was to move on, didn't communicate with him. And I know a lot of people say, well, it's not the team's job to communicate with a guy. Well, when you're at a certain level, shouldn't you? I mean, the Chiefs communicated with Alex Smith when they drafted Patrick Mahomes. The 49ers communicated with Jimmy Garoppolo throughout in this entire offseason about their plan to draft a quarterback at third overall. So you could argue that Aaron Rodgers at least deserves some communication. Well, the, the Packers are not an organization that communicates with players. You know, their, their GM and their personnel people are in one part of the building. They're not the most personable guys from Ted Thompson, who was the previous uh, GM, to now Brian Gutenkunz. But and you raised a good point, I think, with no ownership. In, 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 in other organizations, there, if there was some of this, whatever you want to call it, going on, the owner would step in and say, hey, you've got to take care of this. we got to take care of Aaron Rodgers. Now, if they could convince the owner that that's not what we want to do, well, then, okay, then communicate to him that, and let's figure out how we're going to handle this. But I, I think you could argue on both sides it hasn't been handled the greatest, but a certain amount of it is the product of the way that the Packers operate. But I don't think it's pure money, Dan. I, I don't. I don't think it's pure money. I think that they just felt that it was probably time to start look, not only looking at his replacement, but figuring out when that was going to be. Didn't want to go through another Brett Favre situation where Aaron Rodgers sat as long as he did, and that became – isn't it interesting? The last two quarterback situations with them have both had their, you know, a, a lot of dysfunction uh, about them. So is that only the player or is the organization contributing uh, to a certain degree uh, about that? But yeah, and, and with the Packers reporting those numbers, they report them every year. I mean, they're a public company. 
So every year right around this time is when they have their board meeting and the fans come and I think they're having it next week where they announce their figures and they're all public. It also gives us all a look into what the NFL numbers were, especially in national revenue. But that's why they announced them because they always do. But I don't think this had to do with money because everyone expects that with new TV contract in 2023, more national revenue, fans are coming back that, most of that, if not all, and maybe more of that lost local revenue will return. So I think this was just more about moving on from Aaron Rodgers. And here they had a guy who's now had an MVP year. And how does that look if all of a sudden everyone believes you're moving on from him at some point in the near future? You know, I got to say these crybaby quarterbacks, and maybe this is coming from a defensive guy, Howard, here. I mean, these guys are all whining because to me, how many times do you see NFL teams drafting a guy at a defensive line position, even if you have like Reggie White or if you have like Bruce Smith, every team drafts guys to upgrade their D-line or their O-line or a wide receiver, and you don't hear the moaning and crying that goes on with these guys. I know internally you bitch and cry, but nobody cares. Is it just so much that the quarterback position in our country now has turned out to be that it's the most significant yeah. position in all of sports now in America, that if you're an American quarterback, look at, I was making a comparison. If I lined up Bryce Harper in a police lineup, I guarantee you nobody would pick him out. But if I put Matthew Stafford, and I'm not even talking about the main guys who are the big face quarterbacks in the league, I bet you half the, half the people would pick out Matthew Stafford. Is it just because that position has become so large in this country? No, that, that's a big part of it. But the other thing is, you want one quarterback, you know, yeah. every other position. You know, if you have a great defensive lineman, you're always looking for depth, you know, no yeah. defense, you know, no, no great pass rushing defensive end plays all the snaps in a game. So you always have depth at those positions and guys that play during the game, everything goes right. You don't want your quarterback coming out if he's the right guy for your team. And so that's your one guy. And I think a lot of times, Dan, it's the one, it's the hardest position, not only, not, not only on the field, but off the field to navigate, for a coaching staff, and especially when you get into these these times when you're getting that guy who's up there in years. You know, how do you plan for his replacement? And and you don't know how long it's going to be for that player to continue playing at a high level. I mean, look at the Patriots. They ended up trading at Jimmy Garoppolo. They, they never thought Tom Brady would continue playing that long, but here he is still playing. So that, that also makes it difficult for a team to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, you know, the, the, the Saints – kind of went through it. They ne- they never really drafted, quote, the replacement for Drew Brees. Uh, the Steelers, you know, really haven't, didn't draft. You know, they drafted guys in the third or fourth round, but they didn't draft guys high who were going to be the eventual replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. It, it just didn't, you know, didn't happen. But when you get a guy in the first round, all of a sudden, that raises the alarm bells and raises the red flags on a team when you already have a very good veteran quarterback and you have to navigate the locker room and all those things. So it's 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 not an easy position to handle when you get into one of those type of situations. You mentioned the Steelers. Are you thumbs up or thumbs down on them moving forward with Mike Tomlin and what they have in their roster? They went after and got Melvin Ingram, which I would say this to you, Howard. Yes. That's not something – that they do as an organization going out and, you know, signing free agents, you know, probably got them on a, on a, on a bargain deal yes. to bring him in because that's what the Steelers are known to do. But I mean, are you thumbs up or thumbs down on them? 
I'm very um, conflicted for this reason because they've got serious, serious issues on the offensive line that it seems a lot of people aren't paying attention to. Everyone's, oh, they got Najee Harris. All of a sudden, the running game issue is, is, is solved. Well, who's blocking for him? They have one guy, Dan. One, they, had, they had five guys who, who started a lot of games on that line last year at those positions. And the only one that is returning is the right tackle who most of the people in the NFL never even heard of, Chukwuma Okorafor. He's the only one. You know, the, you know Marquise Pouncey uh, retired. Um, I'm trying to remember who else. Alejandro Villanueva uh, left. Matt Filer uh, left. And there was an, an, another guy. that. So they've lost their entire offensive line. And they have a handful of guys coming back that played maybe two or three games last year when one of those starters uh, couldn't play. But they're patching it together. And I think that's their huge question uh, going into this season is how and if that offensive line uh, will come together. You mentioned also New Orleans. Do you think the quarterback is in New Orleans right now, or do you think they're going to have to go out? And if you're, if you're Sean Payton, you know, do you feel more comfortable having to develop a guy coming out of the draft? I don't really see a lot of big-time guys, maybe the Oklahoma kid, Rattler, coming out this year. But, I mean, will you be even in a position to go after him? Or do you think it, it's a position where Sean and the organization, I believe it's Mickey Loomis, they go out and they try to find a free agent, and maybe that guy is Aaron Rodgers because if I'm Aaron Rodgers, Howard, you got Thomas, you've got Alvin Kamara, You've got a hell of a defense on that other side of the football. If there's one landing spot for him, in my opinion, and you've got the play-calling coach, it's not Denver. It's New Orleans. Could you see them maybe going there? Are you talking about this year or going next forward year. next year? I think it, it, it depends on one, one guy, and that's Jameis Winston. Because Jameis Winston has proven he can play in this league. Uh, but obviously we all know the issue. He just gives the ball away too often and quite often gives it away in key situations. And that last year in Tampa Bay, you know, they were in the playoff hunt at the end of the season, and, and then they lost games. He had fourth-quarter interceptions, and Bruce Arians just threw his arms up in the air and said no more, although I still wonder what would have happened if they hadn't been able to sign Tom Brady. I think Jameis Winston might have been back. But in that same year where whatever it was, 30 interceptions I think he had, he also passed for over 5,000 yards and had 30 touchdowns. So the guy can play the position but he just can't turn it over that much. And so I think if he has a and, – and it's not like every year he threw 30 interceptions, but he does have that, <laughs> I guess, knack, whatever, whatever word you want to use, for making, making mistakes at, at all the, the worst possible times. So if Sean Payton can somehow coach that out of him and he has a pretty good year this year, then I could see him playing for, for several years uh, for the Saints, and, and, and Sean Payton might feel, hey, I've got my guy. Now, if it doesn't work out that way, then – We'll have, to see, we'll have to see what they do. I don't believe Taysom Hill is the answer in terms of playing every down. So it could be a rookie next year, or like you said, it could be a free agent. But the last year or two have been unusual in terms of the number of quality quarterbacks that have come on the market. That doesn't often happen. Maybe it will next year, and they'll have a chance to get a guy. But it could very well be that they'll get a guy, a veteran, and then also draft someone who they can build around. But I, like I said, I think it all revolves – around what Jameis Winston does this year, because I'd be surprised if he is not their opening day quarterback, unless he's just awful in the preseason. A couple last questions for you here. I want to get a couple Hall of Fame questions in for you. It's funny, I brought this up earlier on the show, 
And it just looked like these guys were having so much fun at the White House today, the Buccaneers. Yeah. I mean, doesn't it look like Bruce Arians has really a great culture and it looks like he's just so much fun to play with. I'm wondering if Tom Brady had played his entire career for Bruce Arians, would he have Bill Belichick's resume as well? Because I'll tell you something, Tom Brady's a different dude. He looks like he's enjoying himself. And I would say this to you, Lord, I'm watching Stefan Gilmore debating a contract up there and negotiating a contract. That never went on when Tom was there. Everybody signed for the pennies that they gave him, not the nickels and quarters. But I would say this culture looks like it's Tom culture. If you put the Patriots helmets on Buck players, they look well, like the New England Patriots. I mean, would, would, would Arians' resume be different if Brady played with him the entire time? It, it's a great question. I will say that there were issues with the Patriots where Chandler Jones moved on. Um, oh, gosh, I just had that. Uh, Richard Seymour uh, moved on. So there were some uh, situations. I remember, Hey, remember that one year where they cut uh, – gosh, who was the uh, the defensive back? All of a sudden it's escaping me. They cut him like right in the, in the last cut, and everyone's, oh, that's it for the Patriots, and they lost the first couple of games. In fact, they got blown out by Buffalo in week one. And everyone's all oh, that's it for them. And then they came back and went 14 and two and won the Super Bowl. Can't believe I can't remember it was a safety. But whoever, but 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 they they've they've kind of had the you know those issues in the past. But we saw the story last week from a, a you know a backup type guy, Cassius Marsh, who said, hey, that New England way is it works, but it's not a lot of fun playing for them. And like you said, you see Brady having fun just in interviews. You know, just being a different guy because when you're in New England, you have to watch every word you say because you're under. Uh, the microscope, but you know the comments he made to the president today in his in, in his remarks were hilarious. And so, but yeah, if he had been with with Bruce, yeah. What the question is though, would they have won seven Super Bowls? I mean, you can you can I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's awful hard to say. What Belichick put in place over a long period of time in New England not only is unprecedented; it probably will never happen again. And right. so that culture that they built, whether it was fun or not, led to an awful lot of winning. Bruce Arians is a darn good coach, but does it also mean, though, that they would they would have won as many times with Brady as he did with New England? That's, that's hard to say. But if they did, yeah, Bruce Arians would be a Hall of Famer. There's no question about it. A couple last questions for you here on the Hall of Fame now. I'm going to throw some names at you here. You ready? I'm Richmond ready. Webb. Excellent tackle. I mean, there's a lot of tackle. I mean, and I was, I was looking at the list, Dan, of the seniors guys who are just being discussed. Well, not actually, I shouldn't even say being discussed, just being voted on to get to a final 15. And you have guys, and you have guys like Willie Anderson and uh, Chris Hinton. I'm just trying to remember someone. And you look at those at all positions, much less tackle. And you say, man, that, that, that guy was a heck of a player. And it's just, I know you asked me about Ed White you know, in recent, in recent years, he's on that seniors list. So there's a lot of those guys that were really, really good players, but for whatever reason, didn't get the accolades or whatever it might be, you could argue are deserving, but it's again, as I always say, it's awfully tough to crack that top 15 and make it. And that's usually reserved for the Orlando Paces and Walter Joneses and Jonathan Ogden's and Willie Rofes and guys like that. Joe Jacoby. That's another guy. I mean, all those great years with the Redskins, he was a finalist, I think, twice in his last two years of modern-day eligibility. 
and, and a heck of a player there on that Hogs line. I think a lot of people look at that line. I don't – well, yeah, I guess Russ Grimm is in. Russ Grimm. And, and it took him several years uh, to make it. But I think a lot of people looked at that. Oh, it was, a, it was a great line together, but there wasn't one or two just absolute standouts. Well, Grimm did get in, but I think it took about six or seven years, if I'm not mistaken. And so, you know, Jacoby had some good support when he finally made it as a finalist, didn't make it. Now he's in that what I call the abyss of the seniors class because, man, that is awful tough to emerge from that uh, with, with the number of players that are being considered. And there's now only one per year that will advance to become finalists for election. You know, I'm, I'm partial to this man because he's a friend of mine and he's a hurricane, but he made the Pro Bowl seven times. His name is Dennis Hara. And Dennis well, told me yeah. that he said this, that, you know, when the team moved to St. Louis, a lot of the guys fell into the crack of them kind of being forgotten a little bit. Every year he said that he played, their offensive line either Ooh. led the NFL in rushing or they were second every year he played. And I believe he played 13 seasons and he went to the Pro Bowl seven times. I mean, here's another guy. I mean, I mean, when you look at some of the guys that may have made the Pro Bowl with four or five, he's got seven. I mean, yeah, what's Dennis Hara in this? Yeah, it's impressive. I mean, and he's just he's just there on that list. I was thinking of another guy as you were talking, Ken Hall. Ken I mean, Hall. I don't think there's anybody on the Bills. Great center. Of those great Super Bowl teams. And he's on the seniors list and never really got traction in all the voting. And some of it, Dan, I think is because there's so many players that we all, that we all consider at so many different positions that it, I don't, I don't want to say it like kind of narrow, it narrows it somewhat. And it's opened up more in the last few years with more defensive players, with more offensive linemen. But there was a time, you, you know, it's just human nature. Oh, you're looking at the quarterbacks with all the numbers, the receivers with all the numbers, the running backs with all the numbers. And when you start voting on the semifinalists and the finalists, it's, it, it's those guys that stand out in people's mind. And I think that's to the detriment of some of the defensive guys. I'll tell you, I remember, and this was some years ago now, but I remember when Roger Worley was elected in his final year of eligibility, a great cornerback uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. And there's a guy you could argue everyone forgot about him when the Cardinals left uh, St. Louis. But when he went in, he was the first defensive back that had been elected in a decade. Wow, and and that and that and that just shows you it, and 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 it was m most years it would be if you, if you looked at the top fifteen it would be ten offensive guys and five defensive players, that started changing, it started changing, and and of course a lot of the defensive guys that started entering were the pass rushers, and then there was a run on them for a bunch of years with pass rushers getting in. Recently, finally, we on the committee are recognizing safeties. I mean, I think there's only. Up until a few years ago, there'd only been like six or seven pure safeties ever enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And now we've had more with with seniors like Kenny Easley and Johnny Robinson and, and, and you know, and, um, uh, oh, gosh, the guy from the Eagles, um, Brian Dawkins and, and, and others. So finally, safeties are being recognized. But sometimes, like you said, they guys just fall through the cracks and some positions do. I think it's starting to be made up for but it takes a while to make up for it all. One more guy. Is it because of the injury to Daryl Stingley that we don't debate <laughs> Jack Tatum? Because Probably. was there a more, I mean, I look at some of the safeties that are being debated. And, and by the way, John Lynch, 
fantastic, fantastic safety. I don't know a better tone setter than Jack Tatum, than anybody who has ever played in the National Football League. When you think of those Raider teams and the identity of the Raiders, you think of George Atkinson and you think of Jack Tatum. I know that you're probably going to throw Hendricks into the conversation too, and you're going to throw maybe even Alzado in the conversation. And I think Lyle should be considered. But, again, there's a steroid stigma with him that people may not want to put him in. He had over 100 sacks unofficially. But where's Tatum in the conversation? With Does he ever, ever get brought up, or is he just a forgotten hero? No, he, he's on the seniors list, but I think that it, do, it just doesn't uh, get that much traction. And and whether in people's mind it is – Is it because he's a Raider too? That could be part of it. I mean, the Raiders have had a lot of guys uh, go into the Hall of Fame. And how about a guy like Cliff Branch? Oh, I mean, God. Yeah. Someone argue Cliff Branch was a different difference maker on those Raiders team instead of Fred Bolitnikoff, and that's not to take anything away Nothing. from Fred Bolitnikoff. But but Branch is, is has has been like a seniors finalist in discussion like ten times and and hasn't been able to advance. So the Tatum thing could be because of the Raiders. It could be the Stingley deal. I mean, you know, we have Steve Atwater is being enshrined this year, but he was elected uh, last year in the modern day group, but. I think he was either in, I think it was his 17th year yeah. of modern day eligibility. And he'd only been a finalist for a couple of years. Right. You know, sometimes, sometimes guys are just forgotten right when they re well, five years after they retire. And so everyone looks at that list and they see all these names and it's just, you know, you're trying, you're trying in your own mind when you vote to pick the best ones, but you're always overlooking, especially when you, you know, when I do it, Dan, I'll tell you something pure transparency here. When I get a list and I vote for 25, I go through it and I'll go through it. And, and the ones that are obvious to me, I just go boom, 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 boom. And then when I get to the end, I count up how many I have. And a lot of times I have maybe 10 or 11. Well, then all of a sudden now you're picking another 14 or 15. And how much difference is there between the 14 or 15 that I happen to check the box than from another 10 guys that I didn't. And that's, that's what separates it. And, and the one thing I often say is that when the vote goes from to 25 for the semifinalists and then the 15 for the finalists, it's just done by how many votes somebody gets. The one thing we don't know is that you, you have 25 semifinalists. Who knows how many votes the 26 guy missed by? I guarantee it was one or two votes at most. Well, I can't, you can't, you know, it can't be any less than one, obviously. But <laughs> it, it wouldn't, it, it's not very many. And that's, I'm sure, the same thing when it goes from 15 to 10. You know, there's some guys who get most of the votes, the, the clear guys. But then you get to really excellent players that there's not that much difference between. And that's, I think that's one of the things with the process that isn't talked about a whole lot. I wish they would announce the votes. Then again, I'm going to say, well, how could he only get that many? But I think that would truly show how close it is just in advancing in the process which is the hardest thing of all, just to make it to that final 15. Do me a favor, Howard, throw out your website for folks so that they can go check your stuff out. I mean, uh, you're one of my favorite people ever to talk to. I love talking Hall of Fame stuff with you. And uh, how can people watch your stuff? Well, thank you. I appreciate it, Dan. I always enjoy coming on with you. SI.com slash NFL slash Cardinals. I'll sneak in some general NFL stuff there uh, from time to time. But it's, it's all starting pretty soon. But, you know, the Cowboys and the Steelers report to training camp. Tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow. I can't Tomorrow. believe it. We're There's here already. Come up 
the sun will come up tomorrow. And especially it's my birthday too. So it's going to be a great day in the NFL. Happy <laughs> birthday, my friend. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Anytime, Dan. Always enjoy it. Take care. You bet. Howard Balzer, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. I love that process too. That's kind of how I do the College Football Hall of Fame votes. I get an opportunity to vote on the College Football Hall of Fame every year. So what I'll do is I get a certain number of players, and I do the same thing. I, I, I click the obvious. I look at the guy's names. I go, this guy's a Hall of Fame player. And you got to remember something about college game and the pro game. A lot of guys, when you look at the college football, you have to not look at, and you've got to take away what the guy did in the pros versus what he did in college. You know, a guy like Anthony Munoz, he's never going to be a college football Hall of Famer. He missed his entire senior year. He never made All-American. Um, he was a fine player, and he was one of the highest drafted players in the history of the sport for an offensive tackle. Went on to a legendary Hall of Fame career but he didn't have a very good college career. So you're not going to put him in the college football hall of fame because it's not warranted because he didn't really have that great hall of fame career. So you've got to kind of like distinguish that, but that's kind of the process that I do. I look at, you know, what did you do? What was your impact in the game and how important were you when it came to, you know, your team winning national championships? Were you always a contender? Are you considered one of the greatest players at your position or in your decade? So I love that entire process. And, man, we're here already, man. Football season, Steelers and the uh, Cowboys reporting to training camp. All right, we're going to take a brief timeout. I'm going to tell you what my thoughts are on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They made a move yesterday, and I think they're trying to keep up with the Joneses. No Jerry Jones pun intended here. I'll explain. We'll do that next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. 
IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.